Damn, let's talk some shit. It's Polly Siegel. And Victoria Aaron. Two licensed therapists who've spent way too much money on degrees, certifications, and trainings. Mm. We both love what we do and couldn't imagine working in any other profession. But we're forced to be serious all the time, and that gets boring. Shit Talking Shrinks discusses important mental health topics, the human experience, and society at large, while poking fun along the way. It won't be all fun and games, because after every episode, you'll walk away with tangible tools to navigate life more effectively. We love a tangible tool. This episode is sponsored by Joyous. Okay, I have to tell you about this incredible company, Joyous. It's an at-home ketamine treatment that delivers ketamine to your door for $129 a month, which is absolutely unheard of because most ketamine treatment is hella expensive. And what ketamine does is it helps our prefrontal cortex work more optimally. And the prefrontal cortex helps with decision-making, problem-solving, emotional regulation. It's the part of the brain that gets us through hard shit. And so if you're someone who has struggled with anxiety and depression and you've tried antidepressants or you've tried mood stabilizers and they haven't helped, ketamine is absolutely the next step. And I have seen my clients thrive while using ketamine. Joyous makes it super easy to access this life-changing medicine. And you can start the process by visiting www.joyous.team. Episode 10, Mindfulness Practice and How to Apply It. Mindfulness has been a buzz for a while. Yeah, it is a buzz. And Mm. it's been used for hundreds of centuries. Yeah, it's the way. I think a lot of times when mindfulness comes up, everyone's told, just do it. (laughs) But they don't really understand the science behind it or the why or really the tangible things that come from it. I think there's also pressure to do it a certain way. Like when we think of mindfulness, usually our brains go to meditation. We think of meditation, we think of sitting cross-legged, saying, oh, with like an empty head, you know, like that's just not it, sis. It's not at all. And I'm really glad you said that because the way society has promoted it is you're supposed to be this Zen Buddhist monk that has a clear head and no distractions and no thoughts. And that couldn't be further from the truth when it comes to mindfulness practice. And here's what's super cool about what's going on in the mindfulness world today. Like every multi, multi multi-millionaire billionaire that I follow that I'm like, fuck yeah, that person is doing what I want to do. That person has what I want. They all practice mindfulness and spirituality as it relates to manifesting money. Mm. Manifest them dollars. Make a dollar, make a holla. Hey, okay. My dad always said that growing up. <laughs> really? I love that. Yeah. My dad said, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Make money, uh, you're nothing. Yeah, you're nothing, kid. We're going to walk everyone through what is mindfulness, yep. why does it matter, the science behind it, and a few ways to practice. Sure. So the formal definition of mindfulness is paying attention on purpose to the present moment without judgment. So let's break that down. So you're paying attention on purpose to what it's ever happening in front of you, whatever you're experiencing in that moment. Mm -hmm. 
without judgment. Now, mm-hmm. judgment's part of the human condition. Our brains are wired for judgment and survival. evaluation. It's survival. Yeah. So it's not about not having judgment. It's about noticing the judgment and not engaging with it. Yes. So as you experience the present moment and as you lean into whatever's happening, you're going to notice your judgment or evaluation around it, but you're not engaging or connecting to that judgment. Basically being the observer. Right. You become the observer, notice, and then return. So why does mindfulness matter? It matters for a lot of reasons, but I think first and foremost is it structurally changes our brain. People don't realize. They have done studies where they look at fMRI imaging and they look at before meditation or mindfulness practice and then after, and the brain structurally is different. Yes. For instance, the amygdala, which is our part of the limbic region of the brain, and that detects threat or danger. We see that mindfulness practice actually helps to shrink the amygdala, which allows us to experience less fear, hypervigilance, trauma responses. So the amygdala becomes smaller. Yeah, like you're talking about the window of tolerance. You're able to stay connected longer because you're not Mm -hmm. perceiving everything as a threat. Right. Another thing that we see is the hippocampus changes when we practice mindfulness. It actually thickens the hippocampus, which helps us to decrease depression, anxiety, trauma-related symptoms. That's just thick. Hippocampus. What about the medulla oblongata? Thick with three Cs. Yeah, we like them thick. Our insula changes. Do you know what the insula is? No. (laughs) I didn't expect you to know. (laughs) Did you know what the fuck it was before you researched it? No. I've actually known what the insula was for many years, but only because I used to teach mindfulness courses. Okay. She knows what insula is. But tell me. Prior to that, I didn't know. Okay. Tell me. So the insula is part of social emotions. It's the part of the brain that deals with disgust, pride, guilt, humiliation. And the insula thickens in the brain, just like the hippocampus. Mm, I love a thick ass brain. And more importantly, our prefrontal cortex changes, which yes. is responsible for planning, organization, decision making, motivation, control. mood, impulse control, that the gray matter density increases, mm-hmm. which allows our executive functioning to be higher level. Mm-hmm. So all to say mindfulness structurally changes the brain. And a lot of research has come out saying that it helps us regulate our emotions. It helps us sustain attention and focus. It allows us to have better regulation skills. Mm -hmm. It increases our empathy for others. Ooh, we love an empathic queen. Right. I mean, our world is pretty dark, so having more empathic people is amazing. And it also helps us build resiliency because we're facing a lot of adversity day in and day out and hard shit, and it allows our window of tolerance to be wider Mm -hmm. so that we can endure hard things and move through it. Yeah. So the benefits are endless and I could keep rambling around how it's amazing and why I practice it every single day. Yeah. But in order for people to do it, they have to understand the why and the brain changes and the research that confirms its benefits are incredible. Yeah. What does your mindfulness practice look like? I mean, it's changed over time, right? So mindfulness, meditation, spirituality is essential. It's foundational in sobriety, right? And Today, my mindfulness practice looks a lot like my spiritual guide calls it synergy work. I'm aligning with my higher self always, and I'm also aligning with other people's higher selves, whether that's my clients, my friends, somebody I'm seeing, my family. And I basically engage with their higher selves as I imagine them and 
really get into a state of alignment and focus and like you said, empathy and really try and come from a place of compassion. It's really actually beneficial in my work that I do, uh, especially like in crisis, right? Because when people are in crisis, it's really easy to get locked into crisis with them. And so what I try and do is I zoom up to my higher self who looks like a beautiful cartoon little light fish. I don't know how to really describe her, but if you've <laughs> ever if you've ever seen like I think it's the car wash movie. Oh, that really sexy the really fish. pretty fish. She, yeah. That's what my higher self looks like. She's like a sexy little fish light. I'm like obsessed with her. I know exactly what <laughs> yeah. you're talking about. She's Gorgina. And so like I zoom up to her and then I imagine whoever I'm dealing with their higher self and I really try and like wrap my arms around them and really try and send them like my essence which is you know, for the most part, from light Mm. and love. I know this is a term used a lot in the recovery community is higher self, but I think a lot of people don't understand what that means. In terms of how I understand it, right? Like my higher self is my spirit. And I believe that my spirit is all love. My spirit is just infinite love. And it's the source, right? It's the source of all life is love. That's my belief. Everybody has their own conception, right? Whether they're in recovery or not, everybody has an idea about God, the universe, source, higher self, whatever it may be, right? But this is how I understand my higher self. It's just this unbelievable, unimaginable, unquantifiable thing Mm. that loves everything. And that actually is a huge pillar of mindfulness, which is love, compassion, abundance, generosity, and empathy. Yeah. And it's also a part of mindfulness that gets neglected. I don't neglect that bit. No, I'm glad you just spoke to it. Yeah. Because we think of meditation and mindfulness as this formal practice that is staying present and getting connected to the here and now. Mm -hmm. But it's also about cultivating love and compassion and empathy for others. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. I love, 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 love. My mindfulness practice is every single day Mm -hmm. because when I'm not practicing it, I am a dysregulated ball of anxiety. Mm. I do it more informally and formally. So I'll define those like formal mindfulness is doing meditations or body scans, something that's guided, more structured. And then informal is just interacting in the world, being present and in the here and now Mm -hmm. while being the observer and welcoming whatever is happening. Mm -hmm. And so both are equally important, the formal and more structured way of doing it, but also informally. And the tangible tool for this episode is giving you both formal meditation or mindfulness options and then the informal ways of doing it too. Anything more to say on mindfulness? Before we get to our tangible tools, which we love. I mean, I think, uh, listen, not only is your brain going to get thicker, thicker than a snicker. Yeah. It's just like living this way, I think, allows a lot of freedom, you know, Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. just opens you up to more. My life has radically changed because of mindfulness and the deeper my practice has gotten just the more available I am to the world. And I mean, you know me, I'm pretty cynical. Like I think shit's all fucked up and people are, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. like really like when it comes down to it, I do have a genuine like love for people. Yes, you do. Yeah. One of the most generous people I know. Oh my God. Thank you. You crying? Bitch. Yeah. You shed a tear. (laughs) I might get emotional over here. (laughs) We welcome it. Thank you. 
let's start with formal practice. So this is going to be your traditional meditation where you pop in your earbuds and you're listening to a guided practice. Yeah. You know, there's so many apps out there, Headspace, Calm, Calm, Insight Timer, Insight Timer, which is my favorite. I highly recommend Insight Timer. It's free. You have hundreds of thousands of options and you can find meditations based on your experience. Like if you type in anger, it will populate all of the mm. meditations geared towards anger or shame or fear or anxiety, whatever you're going through. Mm-hmm. So big fan of that. And so with formal practice, what I want to really emphasize here is that your mind is not going to be blank. You are going to have hundreds of thoughts that come in. And all mindfulness is, is noticing that distracting thought and then redirecting back to your breath or whatever the guided meditation is having you do. Yeah. So when I'm meditating, I will have a thought of, I mean, it comes in all the time. Oh, fuck, I need to text someone back. Or, oh, I need to buy avocados from the grocery store. Or, oh, I'm really dreading tomorrow because of blank. You have so many avocados in your fridge, by the way. You can blame my partner for that. It's unbelievable He eats pounds of avocados every week. It's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, because avocados make the world go around. They do be doing that. So I'm noticing those thoughts and coming back, but never am I trying to get rid of the distracting thoughts. Right. And that's the key, right? That's where people are like, I can't meditate because they want their mind to go blank. But that is like not what we're doing here. We're becoming an observer of the mind. So I like to think about it like I explained to my clients, right? The thought train, right? Like we have a thought train. It's like get off the train, get on the helicopter. Ooh, that's so sick. Get on the helicopter and just observe the train. Yes. You know what I mean? And the train is, are your thoughts. Right. Run a train on me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're observing and we're redirecting the brain. And if you can do that, woohoo, you have successfully meditated. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing the meditation, keep that in mind. Informal practice. Yeah. This is where I'm going to go deeper into it because these are the tangible ways to practice each and every day. While you're brushing your teeth, you can mindlessly brush your teeth or you can mindfully brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Mindfully would be what does the toothpaste smell like? Mm. What does the toothpaste feel like on your teeth and gums? What is the flavor profile of your toothpaste? Right. You're putting all of your concerted energy into experiencing, using your five senses, the brushing teeth experience. And how rare it is that we actually do that, right? Like, oh, the bristles on my gums feel good. Yeah, no, we're just brush, 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 move on to the next thing. By doing the informal practice, you are changing your brain structurally. You're changing the amygdala, the hippocampus, the insula, prefrontal cortex. Like, it might seem silly, When you repeatedly do that every morning, your brain is adapting and new neural pathways are being created. So use your five senses as you brush. Showering is another thing. Mm -hmm. Smell your shampoo. Mm -hmm. Notice how the water feels on your body, the Mm -hmm. warmth. What does it sound like when you're scrubbing your skin or your hair? Taste is probably not applicable in the shower, but I don't know. I mean, I've eaten a protein bar while I'm showering. I just put it on the ledge so it doesn't get wet, but I'm like eating as I shower. Wait, I'm obsessed. Like you're a girl on the go. I'm a girl on the go. (laughs) You're a girl on the go. You know what else is really good? Like a good informal mindfulness practice. So this summer when I was going through 
after my breakup, I went through a period, you probably remember, like it was two and a half to three weeks of intense grief. Like I was literally like, I would just sit on the toilet, not going to the bathroom. And I would just like wail. Like I would look (laughs) up at the skylight and I would just wail. It was crazy. It was unhinged. And I would like walk down the street and cry. And I was walking about seven miles a day every single day. Wow. I would take my client calls on my walks. And what I would do is like in between work calls, when I was walking, I would just walk and walk and walk. And I just would think about like what my foot feels like on the pavement. Mm. Right. And I would be like, what's that smell? And look at that leaf. And I would be so present with my surroundings. And I think it actually really helped me to heal faster. 100% it did. Actually, I'm so glad that you talk about movement and mindfulness. Because if you walk normally, you're not thinking about walking. You're just in autopilot. But if you slow down and and feel the mechanics of your foot, how does the heel... Flexing my ass muscle. Flexing your butt muscles, the heel, ball, toe experience of your foot. That's mindfulness. Paying attention on purpose to the present moment. Yes. And that's another way to do it. And you're building your brain's like strength. Because my the brain, brain was is getting so thick and so was my ass. <laughs> the brain is a muscle. Yeah. Just like your buns. Yeah. So that's another informal showering, brushing your teeth, walking, eating, eating mindfulness through eating. Yeah. You can scarf down your food and deep throat it like I do. Or you can <laughs> slow down and really experience your meal. Mm-hmm. What does your food smell like? What does it look like? What are all the textures of it? Mm-hmm. What does it sound like when you're chewing, Mm -hmm. when your fork touches it? What's it feel like in your hands if it's finger food? I was raised by a smacker, so I have to be really mindful not to do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's sensory processing issues. That is triggering. Oh, to sit next to the smacker? For sure. Oh, I love it, you know, and I probably do it sometimes, but like shout out my dad. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, man. Actually, I think my parents are smackers, too. Also, like just to like a segue here, I've also found out that like guys are really disturbed that my dad is my best friend. Like they want like a girl to have a toxic relationship with their dad. (laughs) You know, like I can still call you daddy and love my dad. Maybe it's a threat to them. Maybe it's like a Freudian complex. Maybe they're threatened. You're too close to your dada. (laughs) Yeah, I love him so much. He is a great guy. He is. Sorry. He's a little mobster. He is. How you Um, doing? So getting back on track, since you have no boundaries, <laughs> fully experience your five senses eating because yes. you have to eat every single day. Hopefully you are eating every day. I hope so. Um, I mean, listen, I feel like this is a good start for somebody that doesn't know about mindfulness. Great. Here you go. Really easy tools. And then if you're trying to deepen your mindfulness practice, going from you know this like really formal practice to an informal practice also might help too. You know, like I know people who sit and meditate without any type of guided, you know, additives, like they literally just sit and watch their brain. And there are so many options. I mean, they're endless. I'm glad you brought that up because you can use your five senses to meditate without any guidance, noticing what you can hear in your environment, close your eyes and get laser focused on all the different sounds and reverberations and inflections that you're hearing. One more thing that I think is really helpful. My sponsor taught me this, you know, alcoholics. I think we talk about this in an upcoming episode about alcoholism, right? And an alcoholic's thinking is their problem. The way that an alcoholic thinks. So how I understand in my personal life, our thinking's our problem. So observing my thinking could be really painful for me Mm. because it is so problematic and so warped. 
And so like reading something, like doing a morning meditation reading and then meditating or being mindful on that reading, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a really good practice too. Yeah, absolutely. So many good things to try. Very good things to try. And as we're getting close to wrapping up this season, this, which is what I know we are close to wrapping up our first season. We are so Um, cool. We're badasses. I love us. We're going to expand on a lot of the concepts that we've talked Mm -hmm. about, like setting boundaries, how to go even in more depth to each of those, how to navigate modern dating in a way more effectively, how to experience emotions and pains and move through them more effectively. Mm -hmm. Like, I think what we're going to do in season two is really expand on this because we've done a little introductory to the topics, but go deeper with more tools and more tangible things that you can apply each and every day. So if you've been following and loving it, but you want more. You do want more. It's coming. Yeah, go deep in there. It's deep. Deep. It's coming. It's coming. Fuck. Come for me, daddy. Yeah. So with all of that, start practicing meditation, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You don't need to wait. Do it now. You will change your brain. You will reduce stress and anxiety and depression. Even suicidal thoughts will decrease just by being the observer. And you'll cultivate love, compassion, tolerance, peace. Yeah. All of the social, interpersonal emotions that we need to thrive changes too. We love you all. We really do. Big, big love. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. 